Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle Podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Natalie. Hi, I'm Natalie, compulsive reader. Hi, Natalie. And I'm glad this room is not totally packed because I'm an introvert by heart. Um, congratulations to the um, trip takers and welcome back. And I'm passing around my um, pictures because um, I think many people here don't know my story. I'll just say my story very briefly and then I'll go into the promises and then there'll be lots of time for questions. Um, so I'm 41 years old right now and I came in when I was 15 years old. I was in high school and I tried, you know, to lose weight many, many times. Um, and I could never figure out why I just couldn't eat like a normal person. And because uh, up until I grew up in Israel and up until I was 12, then I moved here, I ate fine. And then when I moved here, that's when my eating really got big very fast. And I gained 76 pounds in just a few years. And part of it is being a teenager, but I'm short, as you can tell. So <laughs> it's not 76 pounds. And um, I never heard of OA before. And I was in high school. It was one of those binges. And I got a high school book, and it said, you know, if you have a problem with alcohol, go to AA. If you have a problem with food, go to OA. I didn't like the name, but I didn't know what else to do. So I went to an OA meeting at that time. Um, like I said, I was 15, so my mom drove me to my meetings because uh, I didn't have a driver's license. And I didn't understand the depth of the 12-step program because... I never met anybody before who was in a 12-step program. So I just thought you go to a few meetings, I don't know, you somehow something happens and um, you have a sponsor. So over the next 10 years, I tried all these half measures. And basically when they say half measures avail us nothing, they're right. Because I tried this sponsor and that sponsor and this thing and that thing. And I could never get 30 days together. And yeah, part of it is because I was really young. But I think even if I would have come later... I just didn't understand that this is a commitment. And, you know, what changed for me is, because a lot of people ask this question, is um, my sponsor was asking me, well, what do you think you need to do differently? Because I couldn't get 30 days together, and it was really frustrating. And like I said, it was 10 years, going on 10 years. I had a two-year relapse, and uh, basically my life was sugar, um, TV, and school, because at that, that time I was going to... Um, to high school and then to college. So, you know, when people are dating and all of that, you can't have a relationship when you're too focused on sugar. <laughs> it's kind of, it's in your way to go on a date when you want to be eating sugar all the time. So, um, so anyways, what I realized I need to do different was two things. One, at that time I already gave up sugar, but to be willing to give up white flour because... I'm just addicted to sugar and white flour. I can't eat a little bit, and it just triggers a reaction, and I can't stop eating. And I know now it's, like, more common for people not to eat sugar and white flour and all that, but 23 years ago when I started, it wasn't as... or No, it was more than 23. Oh, my God, I can't count. Um, 26 years ago, um, 
it wasn't as common for like the general public. So, um, so the one thing was giving up white flour, and then the other thing was calling three people every day. And for me, calling three people every day was really important because when things are hard, I just want to, you know, close the blinds, eat, and not talk about it. And that doesn't work because I'm either going to talk about it or I'm going to write about it and work through the steps or I'm going to eat over it. That's just, there is no other way I'm going to deal with it because feelings come up and that's just part of life. And um, I was thinking today, what should I talk about? And I'll talk about some of the challenges that have happened over the years and, you know, how program has helped. So, um, so right now I've been abstinent about 16 years, 16 plus years, and um, I cannot imagine my life without OA. I mean, I still call three people every day. I've gone through the steps multiple times. And it's funny because my boyfriend listened to my podcast for a few months ago, and he heard that um, I said I was a really angry person. And he was like, really? You're really angry? I was like, yep. If you would have met me 16 years ago, I remember this one woman. She was like, she looked at me after I did, I can't remember if it was one set of steps or two. You know, I went through them probably about seven times by now. But she looked at me and she was like, you're not angry anymore? And uh, I was like, no. And I guess because I had like fumes coming out of my ears every day. So... <laughs> um, which is a very healthy way to live, by the way. So, um, you know, and when they say resentment is the number one offender, they're not kidding. You know, I really cannot afford resentment in my life. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to read through the promises and say about how uh, they've manifested in my life. So if we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. And before program, um, I never felt freedom because I was in bondage with sugar. And sugar is such an addictive substance. I think now it's recognized more. But um, at the time, I didn't realize how addictive it is. And when my original sponsor said, you know, maybe sugar is a problem, I took it as a personal offense, you know, like, you cannot be correct. So, uh, but, you know, after a few months of proving with myself, obviously, uh, sugar is a big, big problem for me. It's not for everybody. It's for many people in a way, but not for everybody. And then a new happiness. And I'm sending around my pictures, and if you probably can see from my pictures, I was not a happy person because uh, it's kind of like being a slave to sugar, basically. It's not a very happy life, and I wasn't able to be present in life and enjoy life. And, you know, when people, like, date and have a life and have friends, I was too focused on food. That's just, you know, the, the real truth. Um, you know, you wish you can go back on time, but you can't. So, which talks about the next sentence. We will not regret the past, nor we should shut the door on it. And I think... You know, for a long time, I was really regretful that it took me 10 years to get abstinent and um, that I'm one of those, well, in my opinion, slower in uh, certain areas, and it took me a long time um, to get into a relationship. But I think what I realized is that my experience can really benefit other people who really struggle, and I work with quite a few people, and I've worked with quite a few people who've struggled in the past. Um, it's just, it's really fulfilling. I can't imagine life without, like, my sponsors and my sponsees. It just makes a huge difference. 
Let's see. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. Well, before program, I did not know serenity. There was no serenity in my life. Um, I grew up in a pretty normal home. I have two parents. I'm the oldest of three daughters. And um, I'm the oldest and I'm quote-unquote the good girl. And so there wasn't anything to focus on because there weren't any huge problems with me. So the focus was more on my middle sister and my youngest sister. And one of the things I realized, you know, working the steps is that I really needed that, um, well, everybody needs attention. That's just reality of life. But uh, when I did my fifth step, it was one of the most transformational experiences for me because I felt like an adult was taking time to listen to my experience and not just trying to cover up my feelings or tell me, no, you shouldn't feel that way or interrupting me in the middle and stuff like that, which... Um, you know, I love my family, but they do that all the time. <laughs> so uh, it was just a really, really amazing experience to have somebody just listen there. And the first um, fifth step I did took me like nine, ten hours. So I met her three different times. Um, the last one I did probably took an hour. But, you know, after you do so many of them, you start seeing your part and kind of gets old to say, you know, the same thing every time, you know, I have expectations, I'm not accepting, my ego's coming up, my judgments are coming up, you know, it gets, you kind of get sick of yourself, so, um, and then when you, you know, I work with a sponsor, well, I work with two sponsors, um, and, you know, when somebody knows you for a long time, you can't really, you know, BS them. Uh, no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. So I think I'm about 20, 25 pounds lighter than I was. Um, uh, I did gain a few pounds in the last year. Some people say, oh, it's because you're in love. Well, all I can say is after 40, things change. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, uh, but the reality is I was eating out more, and um, I just have to be really, really mindful of what I'm eating, just like everything else. Um, and it was quite humbling when I went to my doctor's office a few weeks ago. Uh, that feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. So for a long time, I didn't feel useful because I felt like, you know, I'm just going through the system, you know, the system of school, the system of going, getting a job. And being a sponsor and having uh, sponsors just has helped me so much to be able to get out of myself. Um, and my sponsors helped me so much. You know, just a couple of days ago, I wasn't feeling too well. And I talked to my sponsee, and she brightened my day, you know. So it's a, it, it goes both ways. Um, let's see. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Well, I think I said it already like three times, but, you know, when I was so focused on sugar, I couldn't really have real friendships with people. I wasn't dating. Um, and, you know, my middle sister, um, she told me, I'm the oldest sister. She told me that she never felt like she had a, an older sister because I was too focused on sugar. And it really made me sad to hear that. Thankfully, our relationship now is a lot better and I can be present for my nephews who unfortunately live on the other side of the world, but, um, but I can be present for them. Um, but that merely made me realize that, you know, if I'm not present, people can feel it and I can feel it. So being present to life. Um, Self-seeking will slip away. That has to do with that. Our whole attitude upon life uh, and outlook upon life will change. 
Um, so I want to talk a little bit about my original sponsor. Um, she, she's been my sponsor for probably 18 years now. And she really helped me go from not believing at all in a higher power to being open to believe in a higher power. Um, so when I came in, I was 23 years old, and she basically helped me grow up. Um, and I remember she would say I would be complaining about something, and she'd be like, stop complaining. I'm like, well, I'm not done complaining yet. And uh, she probably thought I was a big pain behind, which I was. So, but um, but she really helped me see that, you know, I went from not believing in a higher power to maybe being a little more open, a little more open, and um, now I do believe in a higher power. A lot of times uh, when I pray in the car, I feel like there's something bigger than me. I don't always, you know, feel something bigger than me, but I know in the long term there is something bigger than me. I just, you know, I want that immediate gratification. Uh, which doesn't happen in, you know, most days. But I can see my higher power playing um, a big role in my life. I was going to talk about some of the challenges that have happened over the years. Um, the latest challenge, which thankfully my dad's doing much better now, but the last two and a half years he's had three different surgeries, two of them he almost died from. And needless to say, that was a huge thing. Um, and... You know, there's always a reason to overeat, and there's always a reason to be abstinent. And um, so that was that was a huge thing. Then uh, my sister moved back with my nephews back to Israel about five years ago, and I got depressed for about half a year. Um, it's okay if she moves, but I'm not taking all my nephews with her. But they're little kids, so, you know, they kind of have to. So, um, and that was very hard. You know, that was um, to to walk through it and walk through being depressed. Um, let's see. I changed careers. A few years into getting into program, into being abstinent, I changed careers. Um, it's funny because my dad wanted me to be an accountant for a long time, and I was an accountant and an auditor for a long time. And then uh, I changed careers. I'm in education now. And before he had all these health issues, it was very important what I was going to do and exactly how everything was going to be. And now, after, you know, what happened to him the last few years, he's like, just be happy. I don't care what you do. Just be happy. So that's been a nice change, which I never thought was going to happen in my lifetime, at least. Um, Twelve years ago, I was in a very serious relationship. I almost got married, and then I broke it off. And that was hard, um, even though... You know, whoever breaks it off, it's still very hard. Um, and walking through it abstinently. Um, and then, and now I'm in a great relationship uh, with someone almost for a year. And it's funny because I always thought, well, I have to be with somebody else who has like an eating problem because I have an eating problem. But um, my sister, who's probably not going to listen to this podcast, says, not everybody has an eating problem. It's like, okay, fine. So um, so uh, David does not have an eating problem, and um, it's kind of nice, to be honest. <laughs> so because I think it's, one, it's enough when one person has an eating issue. So he doesn't care what he eats every day, and uh, he's just a really easygoing person. Um, let's see. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. Um, you know, it's funny because just this last week, 
I, I don't know if anybody else has had their place stented, but I had fumigation done in my building. I live in like a 200 apartment building. And uh, so I was out from my home from Tuesday to Friday. And it was pretty stressful, I have to say, a lot more stressful than I thought it was because, I don't know, you have to take out all your stuff and this and that and the other and the food. And um, I was talking to a friend of mine from Owen, and she said, you know, Natalie, if this would have been you a few years ago, you would have just gone, you know, off about it. And she's like, you just took the next right step, you know, to get ready for the fumigation. And um, anyways, now it's over. I'm really glad to be back at my home. And um, But it just made me realize, like, over time, things do change. Sometimes it changes slowly. But my old sponsor used to say, baby steps. And I used to think, why would anybody want to do baby steps? I'm here on a race, and I need to move forward. You know, people in my family are very competitive, and um, I don't like this baby steps. It sounds too slow, you know? But that's how a lot of my recovery has been. It's been a lot, a lot of baby steps. I remember for a lot of years, um, I went on this date, and I went on that date, and nothing really happened, and I saw other people get into relationships, and it was... I was like, gosh, why is it not working for me? And I had to really work through my emotional stuff and um, to be open to being in a relationship. But, you know, now I see there's always a gift when I look back. At the time, I think, well, why is this not going my way? This is my plan, and I don't agree with what's happening. But when I look back, um, I see how things, you know, came at a, at a good time. And... Um, Let's see. Okay, then the last sentence, and then I think I'll open it up for questions. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And, you know, when I think about all this stuff, oh, and the other thing which I didn't mention is um, the reason I have two sponsors is because my original sponsor, the one who's I've been with for 18 years, um, she actually doesn't come to OA anymore. She is very ill. She has stage four breast cancer, and um, she got re-diagnosed like six years ago. And um, so I'm not sure how long she'll be here for, hopefully a long time. But that's why I got my other sponsor, because, because of that situation. But she really helped me see that no matter what the challenges are in life, and, you know, what she's going through is extremely difficult, as you can imagine, um... You know, walking through it, having fellows, um, being one of, um, and she really, really helped me believe that there's something bigger than myself. Because, like I, like I mentioned, I used to just think I just take the action, and it's all about willpower. Because when I grew up, it was all about you have to do this, and you have to do that, and then you have to do this, and then you have to do that. And uh, it's always always about, you know, you, you, you. And it's so much nicer to be a part of a fellowship of um, and to have people, you know, on their road to recovery. And a lot of my friends are mostly mostly program people. So let me see if I want to say anything else before I open it up for questions. Um, I think I'll open it up for questions because I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Um. Does anybody have any questions? Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, so my morning practice is, and I do it every day, and I love it, by the way. Um, 
I wake up in the morning, take a shower and all that, and then um, I do about 15, 20 minutes of OA. I do meditation for a few minutes, write and read depending on, you know, what fits better that day. And um, I light my candle. I know this sounds like really small, but it's such a nice way to start the day to like light the candle because some days are really good and some days are really hard. So, oh yeah, thank you. I forgot to do that. Um, how do you know what is God's will versus your will? Well, usually if I have to make a, a big decision, I have to talk about it with my sponsor and other people. It's not like I just immediately, the first thought that comes through, because a lot of times it's either like my ego or pride. Um, so I have to talk it through and see what does my sponsors think? You know, what do they think? Um, and just, like, sit with the feelings, and then it comes more clear. But I can't just, like, write at the moment, okay, I feel whatever, you know. Um, a lot of times it's a very, very quiet voice. Um, sometimes I listen to it, and sometimes I just think, like, no, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> but then it comes up again, and, you know, talking to my sponsors. I talk to my sponsors um, still every – well, my one sponsor, I talk to her – yeah, we talk every day. The other one – She's kind of my semi-sponsor. She's like my friend's sponsor. Uh, I talk a couple day, days a week. But yeah, we're reaching out with other people about it. What do you do if your demanding mother basically doesn't listen to you, right? <laughs> well, um, I had to write a lot of uh, four steps about my parents. I don't have, my dad is more of the stubborn one. My mom is more of the easygoing person. But um, I had to write a lot of four steps on my parents. And it's really helped. And now, when I, usually when I don't accept them, that's when things come up because they're going to act like they're going to act. But it took me, like I said, I've probably done seven or eight inventories by now. So, and reading it to my sponsor. And then, like I said, it, I get sick and tired of hearing myself. It's like, how many times can I tell my sponsor, my dad is this and my mom is that, you know. Um, my mom, you know, my parents got married, like, anyways, a long time ago. And they're kind of like the 1950s couple, you know. My mom cooks all day for my dad and... The whole thing. So um, I didn't want to have that kind of a relationship. So it took me a long time to work through that because I, I I like to be in the kitchen about 10, 15 minutes, and then that's pretty good, not the whole day. So anyways, I had to work through a lot of stuff with my parents. What's your concept of a higher power? What's my concept of a higher power? So for me, I see higher power in nature. So a lot of times when I see the ocean... I work in a place where there are a lot of trees and also babies. My nephews are not babies anymore. Well, one of them is. But um, I used to spend a lot of time with them. And when you see a baby, it's just like, uh, it's really spiritual. Can you talk about your abstinence and your food plan and how it's changed over the... Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um... 
So when I came into program, um, oh yes, sorry, I forgot. Uh, can I talk about my absence and food plan um, and how it's changed over time? So when I came in, you know, when I started with my original sponsor, well, the one that I was with for in college in the beginning for a few months, um, I started out with just eating three huge meals every day. And I used to think that's pathetic. Like, why would I even want to start like that? Because, you know, like I said, my family is very competitive and you have to be in your end goal before you start. Anyways, the whole story. So she was like, why don't you just start with three meals a day? So I started out with three very big meals um, and no sugar. Well, no sugar took me a while to realize that sugar was a problem. Um, and now it's no sugar, no white flour. I eat three meals and two snacks. And I commit my food to my sponsor every day. Um, I mean, I write her, I tell her after I eat it. Um, so I report it, not commit it. But it really helps me to let somebody else know because my head can just justify a lot of different things. Well, you know, I was at an event yesterday with my parents and they were having food after the service and it's like 9 p.m. And my mom's like, well, you can have food. Which I can, but it's after dinner. I already ate my two snacks, and I'm not hungry, and it's 9 p.m. I don't eat after <laughs> dinner, you know? So, um, so just being like, you know, thank you, but I think I'm good. So, um, so it's been a lot of changes. And then also focusing on um, how much sugar I was eating, because before I was eating, as you know, a lot of sugar, and now looking that it's a third or um, fourth, fifth in ingredient. Oh, okay. Um, when did I tell David? We're still dating. Uh, let's see. Did I have issues with food? You know, I'm probably too honest. So <laughs> I think I told him either the first or second time. I figured if he has a problem, I mean, you know, I can't remember if it was the first or second time. But um, I went on a lot of dates, and I just told people, and some people thought it was great. Like, he thinks it's a great thing to do self-improvement. Some people had a lot of judgment, but I think he's he's a unique person. I think most, many people, if you don't, you know, my sister, who I love very much, she doesn't have a problem with food, and she came with me once or twice to OA, and she just, she's like, I don't want to go to those meetings. They're too boring and too whatever. Anyways, um, he actually came with me to a few meetings, and he really liked it. So just, I think it depends on the person, Yeah. You know. What is your current biggest program challenge, and what are you doing about it? What is my biggest program challenge, and what am I doing about it? Let's see. Um, it's a good question. Let's see, what's my biggest program? You know, I think for me, and this probably sounds kind of vague, but life is constantly changing. And even though I've moved countries and all that, I have a very hard time with change. And life is constantly, constantly changing. Um, you know, there's been a lot of good things the last year, but even 
this fumigation, which doesn't might not sound like a big deal to somebody else, for me it was a big deal, and I just got back to my apartment yesterday. So um, needless to say, I'm extremely excited to be back in my apartment. <laughs> but um, just daily life changes. You know, I work in the same institution for, let's see, 12 years now? Yeah, but things are constantly changing there. Things are constantly changing with my family, my family's health. My, You know, my sister just had a baby, uh, her fifth boy. She just had him five months ago. And... Um, you know, I'll be able to see him in December. You know, they don't live close by. So just dealing with daily life. I think some people find change, I don't know, not as hard. And for me, it's a little bit harder. Um, the good thing is I've worked through it with my sponsors and I talk about things. And it's gone better, but it's still like, I don't know, things are always changing all the time. So dealing with life on life's terms. And as I mentioned, my sponsor is very ill. She's doing her, um, she's doing chemo now, and about a year ago, that chemo killed her, almost killed her. So, um, so I don't know, you know, life is just one day at a time. Yeah. What was your toughest amendment? Okay, what was my toughest amendment? Let's see. You know, I made amends to my, I had two ex-bosses. Um, they're both males, and I made amends with each of them separately. It's much easier to talk on the phone or send a letter, you know, but I met with each of them separately. And it was really hard. You know, for them it was probably like, oh, just another, you know, whatever. But um, I had a lot of issues with guys growing up because my dad is the only male in my family, so he's, he's very dominant. Um, I know in the American culture it's not as as much, but um, you know my dad's the you know I'm, we're three sisters and one one uh, mom and then my dad. So having one on one with a male figure, on they were both my bosses, uh, it was hard. I was very nervous, but I have to say after I made those amends, which was it was a long time ago. Let's see. Yeah, it was probably over ten years ago. Um, I felt freer. I could just breathe better. You know, I was able to take showers more. And actually, that company moved very close to where I work now. I haven't seen my ex-bosses before, but um, I can't see them anytime because they're not that far from where, oh, minutes, from where I currently work. And I just felt so much freer, you know, all that, you know, guilt. And um, there was one amends where I met to um, a guy I dated, um... And he didn't want to talk on the phone. He lived up north. And um, he was like, are you in L.A.? I was like, yep, I'm in L.A. He's like, yeah, my sister's in L.A. So um, all I can say is the amends look daunting, and they look like, oh, my gosh, why would I ever want to do? But I did one amends at a time, and it was just so powerful. And now um, I can't sleep at night if I don't make an amends. Basically, like, at 2 in the morning, I wake up, and I can't sleep. <laughs> so it's, uh, I've learned to hold my tongue a lot more. And of course, you know, I'm not perfect and I say stuff, but I make amends like as soon as possible because cause I can't sleep. And it's very unpleasant to wake up at two in the morning and think about the other person when they're not even there. You know? <laughs> Can you talk about um, your tech work in general and how it's been and what? 
uh, would be the biggest fire calls that you've gotten from working with that? That's a lot of questions at once. Let's see. So how, how has it been working through the steps in The Biggest Miracles? Um, you know, working through the steps, well, step one took me a long time to even be willing to admit that I'm powerless over food because, and this is not what the step says, but this is what my head told me, that, uh, that it said, you are stupid. That's the way I read the step. That is not what the step says. So, uh, but that's the way I read it. So once I actually, you know, read and really took in the steps as they are without the judgment, it's like, I have brown hair. Do I judge myself? I'm a good person. I'm a bad person. I just, I have brown hair. I know I can change my color hair, but, you know, the, you know I'm 5'2". I'm probably not going to be, you know, any taller anytime soon. Um... So step one, you know, took me a long time. Step two and three, like I mentioned with the higher power. Um, step four and five was very healing, working through the resentments, the fears. Um, step six and seven, I, this sounds funny, but I'm not trying to be funny. I didn't think my character defects got in my way because I just didn't think they were that big until I talked to my sponsor. And then she said, well, I can think of a few character defects that's really getting in your way. And I'm like, thanks a lot. So um, the biggest ones are ego, judgment, pride, um, control. So when they come up, I can see it a lot faster now. And they're still there. I mean, they're just, they're less than they were 16 years ago, but they're still there. Um, let's see. Then step eight and nine, you know, I talked about the amends. Step 10, I do a step 10 every night. Um, step 11, prayer and meditation. You know, it's funny because when I came in, I thought meditation was for Buddhists. So anybody who wasn't the Dalai Lama basically didn't need to do meditation because that's that just, I don't know, it didn't seem to apply. So, but uh, I've been doing meditation for 10, 11 years now, and it's just such a transformation. It's helped me not react immediately to situations um, I mentioned about all these different challenges that have been over the years. Um, and prayer, prayer and meditation are two things that I just thought was... Step, I thought step 11 was an extra step for other people, you know, who need it, because some of us don't need it. So, but anyways, uh, you know, I do need it. And, you know, when I... It's funny, because just yesterday I was talking to my sponsee, or maybe it was today about praying more and connecting with their higher power, and I realized I need to do that more, too. So here I am talking to my sponsee, and then it's a good reminder for me. Um, and then step 12, being of service to other people. I didn't really, I talked a little bit about it, but when I first started sponsoring people, I thought, why do I want to talk to these people every day? I mean, you know, I don't want to, basically. And it's been one of the most transformational changes, because... You know, I've had, and I'm sure most people have, you know, difficult sponsees and this and that and the other. And all those people, they all show up in my real life afterwards. You know, not the same people, but they all show up, you know, the, the same kind of personalities at my work, in my family. So um, I remember I would tell my sponsor, well, this person is just so difficult. And she'd be like, well, I just want to remind you that you weren't so easy to work with in the beginning. So it's like, okay. Um, but I've learned a lot 
from sponsees. I've worked with quite a few sponsees over the year, the years, and um, yeah, I really love. You know, it's funny because it takes a lot of time away every day. I I love it, but you know, in the morning I you know do my morning routine, then I do my re. Uh, talking to my sponsors, sponsees, calling three people, going to two, three meetings. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I really love these podcasts. Um, it takes a lot of time, and the more I do in a way, the better my life is. Um, So my nightly 10 step, and a lot of times it's either after work or midday, because by the time night comes, it's I'm tired. I do an AIOU, which is A is um, my abstinence for tomorrow, E is exercise, I, what I did for myself, uh, O, what I did for other people, U, my underlying feelings. By the way, if I have a resentment, I write about it or talk about it right away, because I can't just... Like, if I'm resentful at somebody at 12, I can't just be like, oh, I'll think about this, you know, at 8 p.m. No, I have to write about it, like, right then and talk to my sponsor because, you know. Um, then why the best thing that happened that day? Gratitude, I write a gratitude list. And then you is my underlying feeling. So, but whatever format you do, I think at the end of the day, it's about realizing whether I'm resentful, you know, what I'm grateful for, and what my feelings were before away, I didn't really feel feelings because I was too busy stuffing them. Um, so the question is, do I plan my food and do I eat, you know, three meals, two snacks? Do I? Uh, so let's see. Well, usually on the weekend I prepare for the week, um, and thankfully, right next to my work, there's a bunch of stores that open early, so I can go right before work. Um, but in the beginning of the day, I usually know what I'm going to eat for the whole day, and if it changes, you know, I I let my sponsor know. Um, in the beginning, when I started, I had to really think about every single meal. Now it's kind of the same foods overall, um, but in the beginning, I remember I had to really think about every single thing, because does this thing have sugar? Does it not have sugar? Uh, it was a big ordeal. Now it's more kind of part of my life, so I don't, I don't think about it. I just, I just do it, yeah. Okay, I think that's it. Thank you so much, Rashad, for asking me to speak.